This is Joe McGinnis from Classic 78 and Quarantine featuring Chris Jericho, and you're listening to On The Fly. You are listening to On The Fly. Yep. No What's up, guys? This is Stevie Fly, Avatar. And it's time for On the Fly. This is the real Jason Warden right here, though. Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with this? I, I've got my Avatar going. I mean, AI should be fine. Should be fine tonight. But no, I'll shoot kidding aside, guys. What's up? On the Fly is back again with me tonight, as always, is Mr. Warden. Steve back from the the brink of death, I hear. Uh, Yeah, that guy's last week was rough. Uh, Last Monday night, I I felt it coming on the afternoon. And Monday night, boy, something creeped on me. It 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 had to be the flu. It wasn't COVID. Uh, So I got through it. Still, my voice, apologize for my voice, sounds a little, I got more bass in my voice than I usually do. I'm still a little. Dropping the beats. Boop, boop. Yeah. Oh, I'm one of the fat boys over there. Uh, <laughs> human beatbox from the fat boys right there. Um, but yeah, we're back. Glad to be back. And uh, tonight we will be doing, continuing our tribute to Kiss, I guess, whatever. We should, probably should call it off now after what I saw. But, uh, you know, after 45 years, I'm not going to do that. But Tonight we will be doing our top ten favorite Peter Chris songs, and we're talking about what he sang. Uh, and yes, there were ten. There was ten, and we're and I did not pull from the solo album. Well, one solo album, not the ones after he left Kiss. <laughs> not Out of Control or Let Me Rock You or what was that? God, what was the last one? What was the one he did with? Didn't he do one with Mark St. John, the cat or something like that? No. Uh, yeah, cat one or something like that. Uh, but the one he just did recently that was, sorry, Peter, I love you, bud, but it was God awful. Um, the one where he, he did a song called Sending the Clowns, <laughs> uh, but it was not good. What, he didn't have Sending the Avatars? Yeah, I mean, all right. Let's see what was it. And this is just bringing up his. Uh, this is just bringing up his freaking solo album. I don't know. I'll I'll come I'll come up with it in a minute. Um, so let's get right into some stuff we haven't talked about since the last time we were here. Of course, talking about Kiss, which we're representing. Um, the final Kiss concert, the last stop on the end of the road, happened. Uh, what was it? Two Saturdays? Last Saturday. Yeah. No, it wasn't last Saturday. Saturday before last. Saturday before last. And you know, I after I debated for a long time. You know, I was like, after they after they made the announcement, Bruce Kulick was not going to be there. He made the announcement he would not be there. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get it because if he's not, I know of all people, if he's not gonna be there, then chances are 
you're not going to see anything special. And you did okay. see something special. You saw Kiss in their last show. Name of the album I was thinking about with Peter Chris was One for All. And not, it was one too many. Was um, that a Brian Adams, Sting, and Rod Stewart song? All for one. You got oh. it back. What are you? You must be. No, disturbed. I thought that was the band that sang I'll Swear. I swear. You still got it back with All for One. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So about, about 7.30 that night, I, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to get it. If I don't, something special happens, I'll be disappointed. And got it. And uh, let me tell you, bud, I don't know what you thought. Let's start, let's start with the pregame festivities. That girl that was doing the interview was just as annoying as the day was long. God, you people are so fucking old. Oh, my God. Get off my line. It's not bad. I mean, who did you want? Like, Kari Wurst, I can throw a 1988? No, I actually wanted somebody that knew something about Kiss. She knew nothing about Kiss. And the guy in the audience, the guy in the audience, it was like Dick Clark's New Year's Eve all over again. He was like, oh, hey, I don't know who this band is, but yeah, we're here. I mean, they they had no clue. Um, why was Chris Angel there? A big Kiss fan. So freaking what? You could have had, instead of Chris Angel, you could have had Bruce Kulick up there. You could have invited Bruce up there and interviewed him. Desmond Child, no problem there. Big part of Kiss history. Um, and I don't did your when they were showing the pre-recorded interviews, was your reception like was it like really choppy? Not at all. Like the because a lot of people, including me, we were talking a lot that night. See, when you belong to the Gene and Paul cult, you get that shit to stream. The ace called out there, got their shit messed up. I just yeah, want you to make uh, that, sure that's, that's a that's a secret I shouldn't have shared. But yeah, in our in our Gina Paul Colt meeting, that's that's what they told us. Anyway, <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in the ace cult. I'll put it that way. Uh, that that talked to me about asking me, is yours messing up? When the live feed happened, it was fine. But when they showed like the interviews with Paul and Gene and and Tommy and Eric. It was like their mouth was moving. It was like the the audio was behind or ahead of the. Uh, oh, so it's obviously like Paul's on stage already. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, <laughs> so you just got kicked out of the Paul cult right there. No, it's over. They can't, dude. I I was there to the end, so they can't do no, it. The avatars are going to come get you. Anyway, I I you know it's funny. I've seen all this. I've seen all this bitching and complaining about stuff. If you haven't known that Kiss has been mailing it in since probably, oh, yeah. in my opinion, since the reunion tour. Yeah, the reunion tour was great. But they've been doing this for years. There should be no surprise. They did a farewell already. They said your goodbyes. Could they have done more and brought people out? Yeah. Could they have been bigger to people? Yeah. But I think, personally, COVID just, they, I mean, except Gene. I think Gene was still into it. But yeah. I think it's like, you know, our buddy Tom said from Shout Out Outcast, Paul checked out and it was just oh, done with it. Checked out. He's he's ready for Soul Station. He interviewed, I mean, you look at Tommy Thayer and, and people and people are hating on Tommy Thayer. I mean, no. that is one of the most gracious dudes really? around. I, I, I mean, he was out there and he was the only one next to Gene. Like, Damn, I'm so, I'm I think Eric and Eric and Paul probably went off to a club. But Gene and Tommy were there just, oh, man. And Tommy was taking it all in like any Kiss Tommy, fan should. 
I honestly think Tommy wasn't scheduled to be interviewed. He came out because he uh, and and then they interviewed him then. But yeah, you saw no, you saw no Eric or Paul, and you saw the only emotion you saw was Gene. Yeah, I mean Gene got choked up on stage once, and then backstage when they did that interview, talking about his uh, uh, kidney stone, kidney stone from the head of my, <laughs> my schmeckle, or what do you say, schmeckle? Yeah. Yeah. After after he realized what he said the first time, and it was being broadcast, like he's like, "Oh, oh my schmeckle!" <laughs> you, you know, it's funny with this stuff, and you know, I mean, all these years, you know, what got me into Kiss was Gene Simmons when he was just debating those preachers on those anti-rock things, and I was watching that pay-per-view. I didn't expect anything. I wasn't disappointed. Was I overly That's joyed? True. No, because I love Bruce Kulick. I wish Bruce would have been there. I but I, the, show was, I, the show was pretty good. But, you know, going into KISS when they were active, it was Gene. And honestly, tell you what, Stevie, leaving, it was it was Gene again. It, it, I, I found my my love for Gene again, the demon. I mean, he, Paul's checked out. That's it. I mean, he's 70 years old. You know, I, I check. I go to bed at 9 o'clock, so who am I to throw shit? And I'm only 51. But it's like, I mean, Gene just... And I think they probably would have done more if it was up to Gene, because when Paul said that shit about him, our mom was there, I mean, that got to him. Yeah. And, and, and Gene has grown up so much. And we talked about some previous episodes. Yeah. He's Gene kind of annoyed me because everything was about, you know, fucking and groupies and shit. But I mean, it's like, and even Paul was like, oh my God, okay, so many, you know. Yeah. But Gene has, Gene has, Gene has uh, grown up, I guess, so to speak, and aged. Paul's just become like an old man. I mean, it's well, like, just, we, like we said, Shannon's had a lot to do with that, I think. And I, and I think Tom and Zeus and other people have said it, you know, who really looks good right here is Peter Chris because he's not going on Eddie Tron. Cutting, yeah, cut, you know, and Bruce too, but Bruce isn't an original member. Yeah. But I think Peter Chris made his peace with Gene, not Paul, when he was doing that stuff and when he did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, he, Peter, you haven't heard a bad thing about Kiss since then, really. And it was it was a classy remark he made, you know, yeah. prior to the prior to the last concert statement he put out, um, not bashing anybody. Was proud of. And honestly, and, and and honestly, you know, I saw a lot of people say, "Well, you know, Kiss ended in 1979 when Peter Chris left." I don't agree with that because, of course, I'm a you know non makeup person. But there is one thing Kiss should have done. And 79 and not brought it back until the reunion tour. And that was play Beth. You know, you don't, I mean, and, and the thing of doing with Ace with the shock me, you know, it, it's not yeah. as, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it Beth is some, that's their biggest hit. That should have, you know, that could have been cool if they would have brought Pete out to play that, uh, you know, you know, but I don't think he, I, I think he would have done it and not worried about the makeup. Cause I think Pete's checked out when he sold the makeup, yeah. he checked out. I but think he would have done it too. I think they had a better chance of getting Pete, Pete than Ace. But oh, I think definitely. in Paul in Paul's mind, they're a package deal. Gene, I think Gene's just trying to, hey, we're not going to be alive. And I think it was up to Gene. If Gene, was, this was like 1979 when he was running the show, like on Tom Schneider, those guys would have been out there. Or at least Peter would have been. Definitely. I believe that too. I think Paul made the call on that. Um, but yeah, uh, I did like, you know, Gene didn't let us down. Uh Gene is, is over the years has a reputation for messing up lyrics and uh, getting a verse mix up. Deuce, 
he repeated he did it. I noticed that too, yeah. <laughs> so Honestly, he did not let us down there. I took it all in when I saw them in Austin like two years ago. I I, I mean I remember Tom talking about on the, the when they reviewed it, they said he didn't take his camera out and stuff. This is the last time I'm gonna see my band. I mean, I wasn't second row, don't get me wrong. I was like you know, tenth row. I had you know pretty good seats. Yeah. But but you know, and I watched the pay-per-view because it's like, hell, what's 40 more bucks to my favorite band? You know, I you know, yeah, I like yeah, going yeah. to the going, going, you know, you watch cribs, hell, I helped build that gene hall. Going to the Cowboys game, hell, I helped build that freaking ATT state. I mean, it's it's just something that, you know, you just, you know, being there, I think would have I would have loved to be there and doing it, but these people that are saying they're disappointed in Kiss, they, I get that. But to say you're ashamed to be a fan, I don't get that. Oh, no, I'm not ashamed to be a fan. I'm just. <sighs> but a lot of a lot of people that do that, though, are on the A side. I mean, that's yeah, that's, I mean, the, whole, that's the whole Eddie Trunk. Like, I saw that they celebrate his his thing. I go, how much Gene and Paul bashing went on in that freaking get together? I mean, it's just I'm just. I'm just, I'm tired of it, you know, and it's this, and, you know, maybe Paul is too. He's just tired of the fight, you know, but, you know, if you're tired of it, don't freaking slag people for, you know, addictions they had that they beat long time ago. I mean, exactly. I don't get that shit either. Exactly. I look, but, and the thing that disappointed me more than anything, and I'll, I'll, I'll drop it after that, was Paul, like we said, he's checked out, no emotion at all after 50 years you got 50 years tied with this band this has been your livelihood this this is what got you where you are at right now and, and how are you and how are you not emotional about what your hometown did for you exactly how i mean if it's like the shout out loud guy said you think boston's gonna do that for aerosmith no no, no. i mean it's but, like i mean i think gene was and i think gene and i think the other i don't know about eric it's hard to read him but I think Gene and Tommy were were definitely, and Tommy gets a lot of shit. Oh, big ace, you know. And I mean that that Tommy Tommy Thayer owes nobody nothing. Kiss owns that makeup. He can wear it. It's a job. Sure, they got more makeup. That's another podcast. Yes. Yeah, that's another. But another he's day. there to do a job, and you know why he's there is because he's reliable. Yeah. You know, I'm like this yeah. the whole thing. I, I put myself in 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 Paul's situation. I don't know how I would have, you know, I would have been a nervous wreck all night if, I, if that was my last show. Uh, but that's the difference, you know. He's he just ready to go. I mean, it's a, it's a, whole, it's a job the whole, to do. The whole delay from COVID, really. Paul wanted this. Paul thought this should be over two years ago. You can see the difference between Paul from like 2019 up till now. He was, I mean, he wasn't. I mean, before, and I've saw him three times on this tour. And the first two shows before COVID, he was out there fist pumping. But I mean, the guy's also four years older. You know, he's seventy. Yeah. He's had hip resurgent. I mean, he's he's had a lot go on. I mean, I think in Paul's own way, he loves the fans. He, you know, but he just hasn't. He's not as open to show it like he once was. I mean, it's he used to say in live three, "How we're honored to be here tonight." Where's that Paul Stanley at? You know, where's that at? And it's to me, I, I think when they put the makeup back on, it was just, I mean, the reunion tour was great. It was big and everything, but they knew they were, they were a nostalgia act and, you know, maybe, maybe Paul was done with it, you know, I mean, and I think Gene probably kisses ass so much because honestly, right. Paul, Paul may not have done this tour. He may have yeah. been done with it before and not come back and he had to like kind of relinquish control. So I Gene, if anybody's probably responsible for kiss going on. Yep. 
Uh, one thing I'll say too, the way, and I don't know if he's done this, he's probably done this the whole end of the road tour, or at least the last leg of it. The way Gene did God of Thunder, freaking cool. awesome. Yeah, yeah, with did. that bell, with that bell going off, and uh, man, and it, you could tell he was really into it that uh, last concert. And they got all those pods showing it. I, I got yeah. pictures of that from the tours, the shows I saw. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, it like people were saying, you know, it was the same show that I saw in Austin and I saw oh, in San Antonio. It was the same exact show. Nothing, nothing different except. I think was it making love? It was that they haven't done that all tour. They had no, they haven't. They added making love. I love that song, and I agree. That is one of Ace's best solos. The uh, then you get Paul after Rock and Roll All Nights ended. You get this, you know, where where you know after they get this email saying don't you know the end is only the beginning. Uh, it's not not time to sleep kiss army and you see all this smoke coming up and all of a sudden we've got kiss avatars that's the big announcement that they have been playing up so i guess we're going to have ai kiss kiss avatars going on tour now kind of like well what abba does i but, know i know we me and you the old farts that we are we weren't too excited but one of our co-hosts jack he was into it he was explaining oh. everything that was about it. I mean, he seemed more knowing than I did. He I heard about it, but I'm not a fan. Talk back and forth a little bit. And Jack, Jack is not too, too, you know, optimistic about it. I'll put it that way. But you know, there, there's a, there's a touring band called the Blue Man Group. You ever see them in concert? They're funny as hell. They got different doing it. That's what Kiss is doing. They're, they probably got a lot of backlash. Oh, we're going to replace Gina Paul. No, you're not. You know, and this lets Kiss move on. Not I I looked at that what they did and I work in technology. It's kind of like electric cars. Yeah, it's a great idea, but the technology's just not there yet because you got to pay a, like a fifteen thousand dollar battery. Yeah. This the technology, I mean, I don't think it looks any better than what Psycho Circus looked like. And I thought that was a train wreck. I well, mean, it was kind of cool with the video, but here's the thing. If you're gonna do this, and I know they go by what you know they're they're tracking their face and all this stuff. Make them look like they did back in the seventies. Don't make them look like, you know, Gene and Paul and Eric and and Tom. Paul looks like he Paul looks like he's in a damn tribute band. Gene looks like he's about eighty pounds overweight. It's it. Oh, geez. I saw and some I, comment. I saw one comment says, "You notice that Tommy's the one in the technology, and he's the only one that actually looks kind of like Tommy." I'm like, exactly. Look and and don't. Look, these messages that are coming out from them, you don't have to identify yourself as, hey, Gene Simmons avatar, you know, every time. It's cringy. I mean, we know we're not stupid. But they've been doing this. They've been doing this for a while. Did you notice with Tommy and Eric, they said the cat man, the spaceman, the demon. They've been they've been like conditioning us for years. That's That's why this doesn't really. Would I have done it this way? No. I, it's like you need a kind of a chance to breathe. I mean, it's it's they like they should have done it like a week later. Well, and the, and that's why you have these teams like the Patriots and you know the even the Cowboys, the Steelers, that people hate them after a while because they're always the ones in the playoffs. Yep, that's why people hate. They're tired of seeing the same team. Cowboys can't really say they are, but you know, but, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's just give it some, give it some, give it a break, give it a rest. 
that was a freaking commercial yes, for it that was. other night. I mean, that's they awesome. spent they spent more on doing the commercial than they did saying goodbye. Which yeah. I think I believe I think that was a slap in the face. But maybe maybe I mean I mean I I read somebody saying though this is typical Doc McGee and I'm like well I mean they said a lot of goodbyes on the farewell tour. Yeah. All right, so. Uh... We've got comments rolling in. Jim Britt is saying, Beth, I'm guessing that's his favorite song. He's been a fan since 76. He needs a deuce. <laughs> and he thinks all that matters is the original four. Oh, you know, that's okay. That's your opinion. And uh, he was in the Kiss Army 76. I don't know who you are, Facebook user. Where did your comments go? Along uh, with your so username. That's where it went. It went bye-bye. We don't know who you are either. I, I didn't see any comments come up there. But anyway. All right, so before we get to talking about Peter Chris top ten, speaking of disappointment, how about that new A song? I was I was not disappointed. I, I mean, it, it's, put it's it not to good. you this way. Hey, hold on. Put it to you this way. Look at the last three Ace albums. Compare. It I did like what was that one space? In, what was that one song? Uh, you, 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 what's the one he did the song for? The uh, you make me feel or you give me that feeling or that's a badass dude. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's too much. Oh, I'm from space, and well, I mean, let's just say that I liked it about as much as I did the last Soul Station album. I'll put it there. How's that? I actually liked it, but I thought it was a good song. He does a good job. It's I better mean, it's like it's better it's, what he's been doing. It's kind of like Monster, and it's kind of like uh, what's the one before that? Sonic Boom. Sonic Boom. I think I think yeah. the music's great. I'm just not crazy about the content. It's just weird to hear 70 year old guys talk about getting laid. It's just weird. Yeah. All right, Jim Britt. He's the one asking where his comments went. Dude, they're all in here. Yep. We're seeing them all. I'm seeing them all right now. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hooligan, and I don't go to school again, so I can't read. So. Got a 55 Chevy on a 65 frame. Can't even spell your name. Um, anyway, before we get to uh, the music, back to the music, we got, you know, Warden, you know, of course, unfortunately is a diehard Cowboys fan. And Warden got to go to the Cowboys Eagles game Sunday night. Uh, First of all, I want to shout out here. to my buddy that did the uh, Mr. Mike Castillo that did the trip for us here in the San Antonio area. Two ten Cowboys is his number. He's a diehard. That was a nice little thing. And uh, you know they talk about the Grinch. You know the Grinch just stole the number one division and that was there but you know i've heard everybody say well they wouldn't have done it without san francisco yeah i get it i'm not one of these people that say we're gonna win it all i i have been the biggest critic of dak prescott but the guy's having a great year yes but yeah. honestly if he goes the cowboys go and they in the media is and a lot of this is on the media because i even heard stephen a smith oh this seems different and it's like no, I'm not ready to do that yet. The Eagles have been banged up. The Eagles have got have gotten very lucky with a lot of teams. The Cowboys, they and the Eagles knew how to close. The Cowboys didn't. The Cowboys maybe, you know, they can throw up a lot of points and get their defense. They're a good team. But they can't let somebody drop 40 on them like 42 actually like the 49ers did. Right. I'm happy we got Buffalo next and we got to go to Miami. We got to go Buffalo Miami then we got Detroit. Those three teams, and Washington always plays us tough. Yeah. So in the next four weeks, you know, I'm not saying, hey, we're going to do this. 
I have a lot of good time. I mean, my Facebook picture is is a, a picture. I'm an old school cowboy, Landry, and Stallbuck. My buddy Steve gave me a Stallbuck jersey for Christmas. I've wanted one forever. I haven't had one since I was a little kid. But I mean, I, I'm a cowboy fan, and you know, I, I I call a lot of people, and you know, play for other college teams, and sometimes even politics accuse me of being in a cult. Well, I'm in the Cowboys cult because I drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> But I'm a realist, you know, Jerry Jones walked by, hey, I hate you, but I love you. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, it's week to week with the Cowboys. I mean, if we play in the NFC, if we play in the NFC division game, which everybody's saying we're going to do, which I don't really believe yet, because I think the Packers are an underrated team. I mean, they lost last night, but I think the Packers got got a quarterback in the future. But, you know, what's going to happen is – I'm going to say this as a Cowboy fan. I'll probably piss off a lot of Cowboy fans. Uh-oh. Dak Prescott's going to do just enough to get the biggest contract in NFL history. And then when he gets that next year, he'll be back to the old Dak. 19 interceptions. I, I just – I'm so jaded as a Cowboy fan. I just look at it that way. I can't help myself. You know, it's like I give Stevie and all these, you know, ace cult people all this shit they took give about Kiss – I'm like that with the Cowboys. It's like I've just been – it's like there's an old saying. There's a Cowboys girlfriend, man. She's looking good. Come around December, January, knocking <laughs> on that door. Let me in. Let me in. It's like, no, you're going to break my heart again, and you fucking let her in because she's hot. But, you know, then she runs off with, you know, San Francisco for the last two years. So, it's whatever. Just, it's just like I said last night. I'm we just were, We were live here, and I said – Cowboy fans, you know, you got the Eagles. That's good. But yeah. you got to get over the hump with the team that's put you out the last two times. Well, first things first, they got to beat a team with a winning record. They've done that. So yeah. they got to worry about Buffalo. They don't need to worry about Miami. They don't need to worry about Detroit. They don't need to worry about Washington. They don't need to worry about San Francisco. They need to worry about Buffalo one game at a time. But that star start looking good, and those players bleed, bleed into it. I'm hoping, like I heard Stephen A. Smith, this seems different with Parsons and even Dak. You know, Dak, you know, he says he's free now that Kellen Moore's gone. But, you know, I'm I'm enjoying my Longhorns are in the college football tournament. I'm happy about that. Yes, Florida State got screwed, but it should have been them over Alabama. But this is why Texas is going – Texas and Oklahoma are going into the SEC because the SEC, you – I mean, they – I mean, I think Bama are – you know, Bama, if Bama would have lost, they would have put Georgia in there. They oh, had to definitely. without a bleed. But, you know, and yeah, but I mean, if, like, saying if, like say Georgia had two losses, one of them would have got in. Over Georgia, Georgia didn't have a one loss. I know, but I'm just saying somebody from the SEC was getting in there. Yeah, That's what but I'm saying. I mean, if Georgia won, they were undefeated. They were number one. And that's, an, you know, that's another, another thing. You know, Georgia was – uh, number one team in the country for the last two years. But what have you done? For, that's what I'm saying, George. They would have they would have made the excuse either keep Texas or FSU out, saying, "Well, George is the defending champion." Yeah, we even you know, and honestly, you know, it's you know, it, it tells you everything when they were announcing the the uh, seeds, and Michigan saw that Alabama was in it. Ah, uh, yep. I mean, Michigan, they, they, they claim to be all badass and shit, but they've only beaten Ohio State by, you know, what, three? I mean, I mean, they, I mean, Ohio State got last year missing that field goal. They should have been in there, not, not, um, TCU. You know what I'm saying? I, so, I think, I, I think, uh, seeing that, 
Alabama is going to play in the national championship game because Michigan's already beat. When you see a team let out a sigh of like, oh, when they've got to play somebody, that that you're already giving Alabama an advantage right there. I mean, and they, they know you're you're uh, <laughs> you're intimidated by them already. Well, they were asking like our coach about you know what do you, you think or whatever, Bama or Michigan. He goes, we're thinking about Washington. You know, because yeah. there, there's a little game that's played here in San Antonio called the Alamo Bowl. Guess who played Washington last year? And guess who lost to Washington last year? My horns. So don't overlook it. They're undefeated for a reason. Yeah, they may not have, you know, what the coach for. They may not have Saban or whatever or khaki pant guy that used to coach San Francisco in Michigan. But they're still in the top four. And they're, I mean, I think I personally think. You know, yeah, you could have gone away with FSU. And, of course, I'm a biased Texans fan. But, you know, if Bama got in, you have to put Texas in. I mean, if anybody should have been out, but I don't think the SEC was going to be out. Why do you think two of the biggest teams out there, the two biggest teams in the Big 12, are going to the SEC? Because the SEC is what matters. I mean, it's you yeah. got more eyes on it and everything. And I hate to say that, but if FSU moved to the SEC, I mean, maybe they get in. Who knows? Yep. It's going to come down to where it's – it's like two, two conferences for long. And you know me, Stevie. I'm not a big college football. I follow the, I follow the Longhorns, and anytime we beat the Aggies and OU, and I'm not the college of football aficionado that you are, but I'm smart enough to see that. And I'm not even. I'm a casual fan, you know. And do I? I don't think. I, I don't think OU and Texas should go because I think it's it's easier, and this year proves it to get into the championship when you're not in the SEC. Yeah, that's just me though. All right, so we've done our Dallas Cowboy cult experience. We have, we have uh, talked about two of our favorite things, Kiss and football, college and pro. Exactly, I'm looking for my – Who's uh, North Carolina playing in the bowl? They're playing in, playing in the Pop-Tart Bowl. <laughs> the Pop-Tart Bowl. There's, there's a Pop-Tart Bowl, believe me. I did a podcast Sunday night, and we did like uh, – we did our picks from, I guess, from now until uh, December 27th bowl games. We did part one and part two. And some of the names, the, the famous Toastery Bowl, that's one of them. And that and that's a restaurant in Charlotte, North Carolina. But uh, wow. still, famous Toastery Bowl. It used to be the Bahamas Bowl. Bahamas Bowl. They're in, uh, here in San Antonio. Oh, that's right. NC State is in the Pop-Tart Bowl, not Carolina. Here in San Antonio, before it was called the Alamo Bowl, it was called the Builder Square Bowl. Remember Builder Square? Yeah, I do. It's like a Home Depot or whatever. Um, Yeah, there's too many bowl games. I mean, they could get a, do away with a lot of these. You, know, when you, now, win- you, you, you say that, but, I mean, people still watch them, though. I mean, football's I key. It. Yeah, I it, it. And I don't – you, you said there's too many bowls. I disagree with you. If there's too much of anything, there's too much baseball. Dude, dude, bowl games used to be used to mean something. When you win six games to get to a bowl yeah, game. Yeah, but, but football is only 15, 16 games. You don't have 180, 62 games like in baseball. That needs to well, be. Well, I'm not a big many. baseball fan either. But yeah, just, but baseball would be more exciting if you didn't have as many games. Football, I, just, I love. I'll wear a bowl and I'll watch it. But that's, the that's bowl games used to mean a lot more. This has become more of. Let's part- corporate, corporate participation. You know, when you're 
there's a there's a, there's a team playing in a bowl game that's five and seven. That the Aggies. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I it's know, becoming a a participation thing. Okay, you won five games. You're not I, you don't have a winning record, but you're going to a bowl game. I agree. I agree. That's like the around here, the state playoffs. That used to mean something when you got to the state playoffs, especially like basketball around here. They they you we have a lot of teams that opt out because they were so bad that they didn't want to be in it. I mean, a team <laughs> a team that won well, one now they're off. just now they're just doing that in the in the uh, the transfer pool. That's what they're doing now. The players, the teams aren't doing it. The players are. College football is is becoming more of a business than the NFL. Well, they have to now well, since they got to pay the players. They can't just get out and make all that money off their names. Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a junior in college. Thinking Ohio about Ohio State. Ohio State. Thinking about entering the NFL draft, but it's going to get paid more in NIL money if he stays at Ohio State than going into the draft. And he wants to go come back and beat Michigan. I wouldn't blame him. Come back. I'd come back too. Yeah, but if you got a chance to get a big ass contract in the NFL, you don't. I wouldn't play a bowl game either, unless it meant something like the four. You know? That you know that that's a excuse my language. That's a pussy way out, is what I feel like. Because let me tell you, first of all, that university gave you a scholarship. You committed that university. They're giving you an education. Yeah, you're you're putting yourself out there every year. Second of all, the most important thing to me, you made a commitment to those other guys on that team. And you're gonna tell me you could play? Okay, let me see. Okay, I'm I'm talking about leaving college to go to the pros. I'm not talking about leaving in the, the portal oh, you, to miss I, a bowl I'm, game. I'm talking about opting out of the bowl game. No, I'm talking about hey, okay, you give me more. No, 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 no. I think yeah, it's I, shitty. I, I that is. I, I don't think it should be allowed until after the bowl games. The I, I 700 and 765 bowl games that we have, evidently. <laughs> It's, it's, you know how many? No, I agree, I agree. Take a wild guess how many bowl games there are. How many? Just take a guess. Five hundred. Take a reasonable guess. Hundred and twenty. Dude, there's not seventy-five. That would be. That would mean you had hundred fifty college football teams. I'm not a college football aficionado, man. I there is forty forty-one bowl games. Yeah. No, I I I agree. The bowl games, but you know it's. A lot of college players look at it like the Pro Bowl. You know, it's just like, eh, I don't have to be there. And that's the way and, a lot of them look you know, at it. Because when we did our picks the other night, the first question we asked before every every pick was, is their quarterback not not playing in this game? Is he opted out of this game? And I but even the at least a quarter or maybe a quarter of them, was that was the case. Even the quarterback from – didn't Bama, did he enter the portal? Well, I heard a some Bama quarterback did. There was there was rumors about yeah, there, was, there was another one. I, I there's somebody. Okay. It was a big name that did. I can't remember who it was, but uh, Jim Bread is here talking about. <laughs> you support your brothers. That's right. You made a commitment, and all of a sudden, these guys are scared they're going to get hurt. But you played twelve games all year long. And all of a sudden, you're scared that last game you're going to get hurt. That ain't nothing. But guess what? We don't have anything to play for. We're not in the tournament. We're not in the so how, how, how can you say that if you're just talking about how meaningless the bowls are? If you're playing in the tidy bowl bowl, do you really want to risk an injury to well, play for that? No, Memphis bowl? 
Okay, but you go, can't have it both on. ways. Let's go back to the eighties. Let's go back to the eighties when guys didn't do this crap, didn't didn't opt out of uh, their bowl game. Cause the thing I'm trying to tell you, let's say, uh, let's see, if somebody had made a commitment to you and just decided at the last minute, okay, guess what? I I, I decided I'm not going to do that. I'm scared I might get hurt. What's your, what's that going to do to you? That if you play on a team, but you but you said it earlier, the bowls meant more back then. They don't mean as much they now. They do. But what I'm saying is, you made well, a, evidently not to the players. You made a commitment to that team and to that school to play a full season. If you you're going to opt out, well, okay. Let me. You were ragging on the five and seven team. Yeah. So if Joe Schmo from you know Indiana or whatever. Doesn't play in that bowl because you're talking about how worthless you look down on him for that. I think he's a stupid idiot for not playing. If you're a five and seven team and got a chance to play in a bowl game, you better take it. Yeah. See, I I mean, I I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, I agree with you because whether I'm playing on a a team that's won one game or a team that's undefeated, I'm going to finish the season. But I made a commitment to those other guys on that team. You're something called Gen X. Millennials don't think that way. They think about how many clicks I can get and all Jim that. Brett said it right there. If you don't play, then your word doesn't mean shit. I exactly. agree. I totally agree. Exactly. I agree. Case closed. And you know what? You know what pisses me off is when somebody, a coach like Pete Carroll, and this is why I can't stand Pete Carroll. They do all this shit. They abuse the rules. They were talking about Harbaugh doing this, and not, and they leave that team. And like, and uh, they leave that team to suffer the consequences, but the coach gets off scot free, goes to the NFL. That's what pisses me off. That's why I can't stand Pete Carroll. That's why yeah. you know, even yeah. Petra- even the guy from what was it uh, the guy from uh, Penn State when all that crap was going on? There yeah. is no way in hell that guy didn't know what was going on. Yep. See, that's what gets me. I mean, even more when the player like Penn State had to go through so much shit, and it wasn't those players coming in at fault. I mean, they should just, you know, put fines on the coaches, you know, not the players. I mean, I, I don't agree with that, you know. That's why, right. I can't, that's why I can't stand Pete Carroll, and I'm glad he loses. <laughs> okay, so the sports section of uh, On the Fly is over with. Now, man, I know how to tick I know how to tick Steve off, man. It's like, no. damn, man, quit your team there, man. I was like, we've had some heated discussion before, but goddamn, dude, you, man, that got under you. That, you're like Peter. Uh, you're like Peter Griffith, man. What grinds my gears, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that last night in that live, boy, there was one I, guy. I agree with you. And I mean, I'm look. Let me tell you, and I made it clear last night because that guy was like, "I'm not arguing." I said, "I'm not either." But and and look, everybody's just because we have me and Warden have a difference of opinion doesn't mean I hate Warden or he hates me or anything. I don't. He know. hates he, he hates me for him. obvious other reasons, you know. Yeah, there's plenty of other reasons that I hate Warden, but uh, anyway. All right. If we agreed on everything, it would be it would be boring as hell. It would be a boring place, and it doesn't mean because you disagree. Well, I I gotta hate him. I got. I mean, mean, look, look, you got Stevie over here in the Ace Cult. You got Warden over here in the Gene and Paul Cult. I mean, we we represent two different eras from Kiss. I mean, it's it's just here right now. Ace is my favorite favorite Kiss member, but I am not in the Ace Cult. I see. And you ask, ask, uh, who was it? It was Joe Decker. Yeah. Me and him had a two hour phone conversation the other night. 
and we talk. We were talking about Ace. Hey, you guys are cold. Yeah, yeah. You guys are in the cold. Sorry. No. Two hour conversation. The, the, the talk was majority about how Ace is struggling right now. And, and he's seventy uh, years old. Exactly. And and it's just like with Paul with his voice. He's seventy years old. He's been doing it for fifty years. Give the guy a break about his voice. I mean. But that you know, I give you shit about the Ace Cult. I don't call call myself the Gina Paul Cult. It's just if you if you prefer a certain band, oh, you're in the cult. Like, okay, whatever. That's why I just like when this Avatar thing came out. You know what I did? I went and go and played the Alive Uncensored. I have on my because that's what I that was what got me into Kiss. So I mean, yeah. music one. All right, so now we can get to the main event. We're all fired up now. <laughs> You know, I hate it when people leave bands. No, it's kidding. Peter Chris, he didn't really, he didn't really leave, though. He was kind of asked to leave. So. Kind of asked to leave. You know the whole story about the audition when he brought sheet music in. And, uh, and uh, yeah, he didn't do too well with the sheet music. Um, so our top ten, Peter Chris. And, and, you know, Peter Chris, how do I say? He's not, he's not in my top. As far how many members of KISS have there been? Four, five, six. Has it been ten? Yeah, sure. He's, oh, okay. Gene, Paul, Ace, Pete, Eric, Eric uh, Vinny, Mark St. John, Bruce, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer. I love it. Eleven. anybody there? Pete might not be in my top five, but he still is one, you know, and and all my all my top top guys it's hard you know i don't hate any of them i mean all of my love but uh we're gonna go we wanted to go through all of the especially the original four because after yes. that you don't have enough really to uh what do you got you got eric cars sang two songs bruce sang one and tommy sang what two eric singer sang two so you don't have enough to make a Make a, make a top ten list after that. I I'm a I'm a eighties Kiss fan, but I am very well aware that there would be no eighties without the seventies. The seventies where yeah. it all started. Yes, yep, I. That's right. The, and why the seventies isn't my favorite? I loved all era. It's like Van Halen with me. I love Hagar. I love Roth. You know, and I like a couple of Gary Shandling. Gary Shandling song. Gary, Look. what's his name? It's Gary Shandling. Who am I thinking about? Sharon. I like a couple of his songs on Gary Shandling. Yeah, Shandling. Hello. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, that, and the next singer, Van Halen, Gary Shanling. Next singer is Richard Lewis. Uh, so, and look, guys, it's so, to me, in my opinion, and I don't know if Ward agrees with me, just because you're a fan of one of them doesn't mean you can't like the other ones. I agree. I don't, I don't get that whole deal. I mean, it's being a cult, Stevie. That's why they're called exactly. a cult. Exactly. So, I mean, all right. So, our top 10 favorite Peter Chris songs, just fans over. You could have picked from any of his solo albums after he left Kiss, uh, it, it, but I didn't. I'll go ahead and tell you, none of them made my list. But uh, so I'm going to let you go first. Me? Okay. How many ties do you have? Huh? How many ties do you no, have? No ties on this one. Not on I, I was actually going through the <clears throat> that's what's great about you know Apple Music and Spotify now, and you can go through it. And 
don't get me wrong. You know, oh, you need to buy music. I have every free. I bought every Kiss album sometimes two or three times over. I um, did this, and I was pleasantly surprised how many Kiss songs I actually and Peter Chris songs I actually liked. Yeah, you know, you're saying he wouldn't be in your top ten. He would be in mine. I, I, mean, I didn't say top ten. I was talking about top five. I would. You think I wouldn't put him above? <laughs> Come on, dude. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe okay, yeah, you're you're right. You're right. They only got eleven. I wouldn't put Pete in at number eleven. Well, you're not counting that roadie that stood in for him in what the reunion tour? Cannon, <laughs> that was his name. His drum tech. Um, I was supposed to surprise how many songs I liked, and uh, I, you know, like I said, I wasn't an original fan. I knew who they were as a five year old, but you know, I got into it when Asylum and Animalize, and you know, the you notice I noticed one thing about watching the show the other night. Back when I got into Kiss, there were like bras and panties on the yeah. mic stands. Now it's just a sweat rag. <laughs> Where are the good times gone, Stevie? Exactly. So um, my number 10 is what I'm going with. Uh, as my, you know, saying tonight, won't get fooled again. Hooligan is my number 10. And I and I love it. I love this song. It's, But I think the lyrics kind of kill some of it for me. Yeah, because hold, it's hold like on. I, hold on before you go any further. You said won't get fooled again. Oh, I did. Won't go to school again. Okay, let's say that. Sorry. Sorry, I had like two Diet Dr. Peppers today. I'm still recovering the from the weekend. You're talking about the who? Okay, I, I love this song. I think the music's great. But I remember I remember like telling this to a buddy of mine that wasn't a Kiss fan back in high school. And, I mean, they would make fun of me for this shit. I mean, I was called Jason Bon Jovi back in high school because I was such a metalhead. <laughs> and it was like, I love that song, especially when I got Love Gun. But I love this song. It's, I think it's actually one of the dumber lyric-wise Kiss songs. I mean, it's like, yes, it is. and next to You Lift Your Dress, You Want to Impress. I mean, it's like, you know, talking about screwing a chick that's hot is a lot better than I had to like, I think I looked up, what does he mean by so-and-so on a 55 frame? I didn't understand. I mean, I can't even spell my name. Who wrote this song? And it, you know, it wasn't the same guy that wrote, you know, Tears Are Falling by himself, you know, Paul Stanley. or I mean, this is more kind of a gene. I can gene, I'm living in sin at the Holiday Inn. But I, I, I think kind of dumb, dumbing down, and it kind of takes away from me. But when it comes on, I won't flip it. I, I mean, I Love Gun is probably... Next to Dress to Kill and Destroy, I mean, my top three favorite yeah. solo albums. So cool. I won't I won't go to school again, and I won't get fooled again. <laughs> you went down to the candy store. If you had a nickel, you buy some more, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Dropped out that, of school when you were 22? Yeah, but, you know, you know, that's stupid, but when you compare it to stuff, get up and get your grandma out of here, I mean, that works <laughs> for some reason, because, I mean, reason. but... But but this like I said is my number ten because it kind of it it, it kind of it it takes away kind of this but I, I love it though I love the music I think I think they wasted this song the music on it it could have been a good rocker I mean in my opinion you think uh, this should have been on live too was it it wasn't right now it wasn't but it was they were they played they took it out I think because this this is on that alive two set I'm not I'm not. I, I, I'm not a big fan of Alive 2. You know, everybody talks about how Kiss Alive 1 was overproduced. I think they got Kiss Alive 1 right. 
uh, Kiss Alive too. The the crowd's just too loud for me, like, especially as like hard luck woman. It's just like you know, it's maybe on if this would have been like how Kiss Alive was done, maybe. But I've heard this. I've I've seen live. They Peter does okay. Peter's good live. Maybe it yeah. should have been. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not. A, I'm not a big alive two fan, so it's like. I, it's think, okay. I actually think they took this off and replaced it with like Hard Luck Woman, even though Hard Luck Woman was wasn't performed uh, live, yeah. live. Uh, but yeah, I think that's what they did. I don't know why. I would love to hear that story. But um, all yeah, everybody, right. everybody says that Alive One's overproduced. Alive Two's way overproduced for me. It's just too much crowd noise. A live one got it right, in my opinion, but that's well, that's my, my opinion. That's another episode. Yep. Um, so my number 10, and back in the day, I was vaccinated with a Victrola needle. I was hooked on rock and roll. From the solo album, 78 solo album, hooked on rock and roll. I mean, I remember, and people bash this album so oh, much. Oh, yeah. But... Man, I played the heck out of this album. I didn't, you know, of course, there's some there's some songs that are like way too, nothing as bad as Finally Found My Way, but... Uh, that is not a bad song. Oh, it's garbage. Peter, Peter's vocals on I'm that. I'm not saying... Oh, that, wait. Finally Found no. My Way is off Psycho Circus. What's the one with... No, that's, that's not a bad song. I like that song. Yeah. I like, I like, I like, I like. Nothing is as bad as the Aerosmith ripoff. If you want to get technical about it, oh yeah. Find I, my way back to you is Stairway to Heaven compared to that. That song is horrible. But I, I like that song. I think Peter's very, his voice is very genuine. It didn't make my list. Yeah. Shit, I forgot about that. I would have been my number one. <laughs> I actually, I don't mind that song. I actually like that song. Hooked on rock and roll, though. I mean, that was. Off that solo album, it gets bashed so much, but it's an upbeat song. He does a great job with it. You can tell that's one of, I think that's the way he's singing. He's in his, his comfort zone with this kind of song. And then, of course, you got one of the fight scenes from uh, Attack of the Phantoms when the over, the, the one that came overseas is based, or the music from this is on that. So, um, Hooked on Rock and Roll is number 10 for me. And I'll tell you this. This will not be the last of the solo album. Good to hear. Number nine for you. My my number nine, it's been done by Garth Brooks, which I actually liked. I think it I think this at one time was probably one of my favorite. You know how much of a big fan of Rod Stewart I am. I was getting ready to say. I mean, I mean, I remember Paul said he wrote this for Rod Stewart. I think Paul, I think Rod Stewart would have done good. But I would, but I just can't see. And I like the Garth version. I don't know why they didn't release that as a single. That was the biggest star they had on that tribute album. I don't know if it was a record company deal, but I don't get why they didn't release it as a single. Because I got friends of mine that country, and they hear this, I go, "This is pretty good." Is this yeah. new? And he liked it enough. He put it on his box set. The one of he, he's like he's worse than Kiss. He releases a box set of the same shit every year, all the time. I love Garth Brooks, you know, and I love, but. There's nobody better than Peter. I think it would have been kind of hard to, for Rod Stewart to top this one. But, I mean, I remember when I first seen this video off Extreme Close-Up, it's like Peter had his hair fluffed. It was all made up. And it's like when uh, Ace and uh, Paul are playing that Jimmy Page uh, double neck guitar. Yeah. And uh, that's not gay. You know, we used to say that, you know, because that's what we were in the 90s, you know. 
Hard Luck Woman. I don't like the Alive 2 version because there's too much crowd noise. Um, I've heard bootlegs of it. Crowd noise. I don't like the crowd noise because it seems like there's more. I mean, it's all girls. You know, it's well, like they're, they're probably. It. It's not. It's it's added on that that I, I, I don't like that. It hits me that that is a recorded version that I they added. The they noise. just they just did. It's like I stole your love. Is I love that version on the live, but there's just too much crowd noise. You don't hear that on Houston when you see that. I mean, there wasn't that many people here, and I think that that kind of messes up the hard luck woman. I'm uh, glad that nobody like in Kiss they had. I'm glad they didn't have Eric doing this. It probably would have been better if he would have done this because it wasn't a song written by Peter. But I mean, it just shows you the underrated, the underrated. You know, when when uh, Paul Stanley can write a song like this by himself, and he can write a song like Tears Are Falling, he is a very, very. And some of the stuff on the Live to Win solo album, he is a very. I mean, yeah, he's checked out now, but. Paul Stanley back in the day was a hell of a songwriter, and this is another example. Yeah, um, I can't, like I said, I, I'm like you. I like Garth's version, but I cannot see anybody. He, Jim, he's actually older. Warden's actually older than me, right? <laughs> By what, a year? Yeah, 51. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, that whippersnapper on there that got a kiss in the 80s, what the hell? Let me tell you, he, he was saying – you are you're way too young to talk about the old uh some of this stuff. So Ward, that was he a said, he said about me. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Wow. All right. Um it has to be him just thinking oh he's younger because he likes the other kid. No, I'm 51. I'm older than Stevie. I just back in 1977, 78, I was more into six million dollar man and all that kind of crap, you know. Charlie's yeah. Angels, you know, not not Kiss. I knew who they were, don't get me wrong, I knew who they were. Well, we uh, Hard Luck Woman will come up later on my list, but like I said, I can't see anybody but Peter. And there's a specific, a specific version that I, I I like more than any of the other versions, and I will get into that when when it comes time when I on, on my list. Um, it was a it was a big hit, wasn't it? Like top twenty, it was a good hit, big hit from them. I don't know if it ever went top twenty. I don't. I don't no, know. No, I think it was. I think it well, did. Google hit the Google machine to see. I think because I know this and like I know Dr. Love went top 10. Because it was not as big as Beth, of course, but it was. Um, Let me know what you find out now. Keep talking. Okay, I'm going to go ahead with my number nine. And uh, it's uh, off of, uh, I guess, in Australia, in an honor of uh, Mr. Pinocchio, we'll call it Dynasty. Uh, <laughs> Dirty Living. Uh, man, I, you know, call it what you want to. I guess at that age, as a kid, kids could do no wrong. I mean, I knew stuff was different, but I didn't know. I, I wasn't like, okay, kids can't be playing this kind of music. They're a rock band. Uh, but Dirty Living, and that kind of fit Peter more than anybody. Um, it sounded like a a rough and tough song, like a, a, a song about somebody from the streets. And, you know, with the cat man, he was always uh, looked like he was one of those guys from the streets and all that, like gangs and all this stuff. And he sounded like it, too. His voice had that raspy voice, and it, it just fit him. But uh, Dirty Living is my number nine. 
Hard Luck Woman, U.S. Billboard Hot 100, number 15. It was a big hit for them. Okay. Yeah, that and because Doctor Love, they were they could do no wrong back then. And you think about Kiss with all the 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 radio play they didn't get to have like top 10 singles, top 20 singles. That's how big that band was. Oh yeah. Okay, I guess my number. Are we going to number eight? Did you go to number eight or did eight for you? What was your number nine? Dirty living. Dirty living. Okay. My number eight probably had it's probably something that Peter remembered when he was singing Dirty Living, remembers him doing back in the was it second album? Doing a main line. Isn't that something about cocaine or something? That's the rumor. Yeah, main line. I you know, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I you know thought it was maybe some you know cruise ship or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's another to me. I, the all of I think that you know a lot of the grunge bands they love uh hotter than hell because it's got that grungy yeah. sound and yeah. i remember i just think it's a good song it's the drums are cool it's just i can see <clears throat> i've seen uh I, i've seen eric singer i think do this on like a cruise or something like that and he does a pretty good job of it he, he's got a pretty good chance of sometimes of you know getting you know peter down but it's it's another song that it wouldn't be the same without pete i mean it's just yeah. another he's got the voice for it and uh it could be about cocaine i was never into drugs you know except rogaine it obviously didn't work so i mean mainline you out my number my number eight yeah uh yeah that'll that'll come up later for me too but yeah, that's that's a great song. But it, I'll I'll share my thoughts in just a few minutes. I, I like that intro when it and it starts out. Then it kind of like guitar like kind of goes back. To, I mean, it's just you know, and it you know, it's you know, it's it's really simplistic lyrics. But this is their second album. They're just putting shit out there to get on to put on the tour. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not probably back then was great, but it's just shit they were putting on albums to fucking get out there and tour to keep themselves going. You know, that's what they did. That, that's how they made it. I mean, you look how many albums they put out in, what, six albums in six years? Yeah. Not counting the live albums. Um, but, yeah, okay. My number eight. And there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of rumors about what this song is about. It's off the debut album. Um, Peter and, and Gene actually trading vocals back and forth. Uh, nothing to lose. Uh, the live version is incredible. Uh, live one, and then the unplugged version was good too. Um, of course, everybody thinks it's about anal sex, and it was written by Gene. It was Gene actually in some interviews has said, "Yeah, that's what it's about." Whether he was serious or not, I don't know. But um, the the trade off and and Pete Peter's voice, I mean. It's so distinctive, and it fit a lot of these song, Kiss songs. They knew how to pick which songs for him to sing. Um, and, and you hear Gene do the, the chorus, I mean the verse, and, and then Pete does the, 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 cor, the, ver, the chorus. And, it, I mean, it's just such a great song. I remember, because I've said this a lot, I, didn't get, I wasn't able to get the first album till later on. For some reason it never we never got that one until one year at christmas when i was like 13 and i'd heard nothing to lose on the lot 
on a live, but I really hadn't paid much attention to it. But then when I was listening to the 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 debut album, I was like, man, this is a freaking good song. And then hear the live version, but live version kills the studio version to me. It's so much energy from, and I mean, that's one thing when you hear Pete live, especially back in the day, I don't know if it was the drugs he was on or what, but he had tons and tons of energy when he was singing. I think he was just hungry too. I mean, I think that, you know, he got, he got successful. I mean, a lot of people do it, you know, it, it happens to, uh, I've said this in the past and I'll say it there. This is probably one of my least favorite kiss songs. I, I, I don't know if it's because of the uh, subject matter, but it's, I mean, it's okay. It's just, I, I don't know. I got you. I just, you know, it, it was weird when I was getting into kiss. I remember, you know, I'd buy an album and I'd go back and listen to it. <laughs> and I and I remember I had the cassette for the first album, and then this verse song came up with the live, and I knew enough about Kiss to go, why the hell they had the live version? This wasn't there, and of course it was, it was what substituted in later releases. The uh, the original version, the studio version, isn't on the later releases. All right. So number if seven. it was if if it was on neither one, it would have been fine with me. It's not a uh, yeah, not number seven. A, I just number seven for me. Number seven for me comes off this. So, um, you talk about, you know, people giving him a lot of shit for this album. This is probably one of the first Kiss albums I ever got because a buddy of mine gave it to me in high school. And he and I, he, he goes, hey, he gave it to me. And then he like gave it to me. And then this is like 1986. And hey, that's a shitty album. And like point out to like shame me. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I'll take it. You know, because I had other friends, friends that gave me Destroyer and Alive because they didn't listen to them anymore. You know, this is 10 years after the thing. But um, this, the, my song on this one and um, is uh, Don't You Let Me Down. Don't you um, let you, you talk about, you know, that song that's on Psycho Circus that everybody seems to hate but me. I just, one thing about Pete, even when, it, like this song and on that one, yeah, it may not be... His, and even on his, some of his stuff that the Shout Out Lives guys did, he puts his heart into it. He's not mailing yeah, it yeah. in. Pete, and he and it, and that's why I think that saves that song on Cycle Circus for me. Is And on this one, it's just like, you're just so much emotion. Don't you let me down. I mean, it's just, it's a heartfelt ballad. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's a hidden gem that I think more people should have heard. But it gets yeah. shit on for so much. But, you know, I, I love it. I like, I mean, I was going through this album. I like a lot on this album. There's, 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 lot, more, there, yeah. there's, there's more to come on it. But it, I mean, I'm gonna, I mean, I would, you know, and I, I like, you know, I got into it later, but I would put this above, you know, Soul Station. You know, it's the same thing that he gave Peter a bunch of shit for, but exactly this one, I mean, this one is better than, I mean, Peter at least, yeah, he's got a couple covers on there, but his originals are great. I think, I think, you know, and you, and you talk about Hooligan and stuff, but when Pete's able, to, I don't know who he wrote this song with. Doesn't really say on here, but you know, great song, great song, and it's a, it's not a. I mean, I like shit on all four solo albums. I probably like about eighty percent of that album. There's there a couple of yeah. songs I, I can't listen to, but most of it, majority of it, I listen to. All right, number seven for me. You just talked about it a little bit earlier. Your number eight, Mainline, and you know the whole. Um, the whole rumor about maybe it's about drug use, uh, mainlining drugs. 
I don't know. I mean, just like the anal sex thing, I don't know. But freaking killer, killer song. I remember, you know, as a kid listening to Hotter Than Hell and, and noticing that difference in the sound and not, you know, not really knowing what the heck was going on with it. But I was like, is my freaking record messed up or something? But, yeah. um, but that, I think, you know, I don't have a problem with it. I think it kind of gives Hotter Than Hell that distinctiveness. You know, you, you know it's, it's Hotter Than Hell when it sounds like. But Mainline, Pete had so many early on. He wasn't, Ace may have been afraid to sing, but Pete wasn't afraid to sing. And it, this is not the last one of Hotter Than Hell for me. But he I, was he was just hungry. I mean, it's like yeah, you know, he's, even like even even like they said when he came back for the reunion tour, he was like that. He was the MVP for a long time. Exactly. I mean, I it's like. But man, I mean, I, I, honestly, brother, if I had to rate Kiss members, I would probably rate Pete above Ace. Okay. Not so much talent wise, but you know, I mean, you know, singing and singing definitely because I don't like his voice. But you know, it's it's. Peter doesn't get his due, and that's that. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not slagging. I'm not slagging on Ace, but Peter doesn't get his due. I mean, Peter. I this, and I've said this for a long time. A Peter, Paul, Gene, Eric. I don't want maybe Bruce. I'll have better singer voices than Ace, but Ace's the song they put him. The songs they put him in, it fit. You know, he may do a lot of that spoken word. Yeah, that's I like fine. Talking. But it fits Ace. Like, Shock Me fits Ace. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about New York. No, I know. I'm just, fits I'm just saying that Ace gets a lot of love. Well, but yeah. I think Pete. But Pete Ace's should, personality does that, too. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't know. Pete just, I, I guess it's because it's his episode, but I just think he deserves more. I just, I mean, I oh, always kind of gravitate. I, gra- I gravitated. I mean, to me, the original four, I mean, Ace would probably be the last for me. Okay. Oh, we 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 talked about that when we did our top guitar solo and guitarist, and I think y'all, you and Joe were like Ace, and I was like, well, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he made like my number seven. Y'all were like, oh my god, what is wrong with you? But Ace right. is, you know what about Ace? Ace is like David Lee Roth with me. I actually kind of like his solo stuff more than I do when he was in the band. I mean, I love Roth era. Rock, David, but I love Ace's stuff in the '80s. But maybe that's because other people did more Not of the Howard. work. And, yeah, yeah, um, so number six. What was your number seven? My number seven was "Don't Let Me Down." Don't let me down. That's right, Stevie. Know. When you forget that, you just let me down. Yeah, I just let you down for sure. All right, number six for you. Did you do your number six, seven? Yeah, I just talked about Mainline. Oh yeah, and I and I for giving you shit for forgetting. You let mine. me down. Uh, another one off hotter than hell. I saw your boy Ace sing this, or he didn't sing it. Somebody sang it for him when I saw Ace with Dawkins and Grandpa oh, on it, oh, oh, and it was strange oh, ways. And I I remember telling my buddy like back in the nineties, I go, man, check this song. It's all grungy. He goes, I hate that damn word. You know, it's, of course during grungy and stuff. But strange ways, I just it it I have it written here that. You know, it's a hard rocking tune. I mean, grunge bands love this because this, I mean, if this would have come out, if you would have played for somebody in the 90s, they would have thought this was like some grunge band because that's yeah. how grunge was. It was, it wasn't that perfect kind of thing the air bands were. It was sloppy and you can, you know, you listen to it. I mean, that's one of Ace's best solos. You know, he does kick the ass on that one. 
But um, <coughs> I saw him do it, but it just wasn't the same without Pete singing it. It just, you know, it. I think they did this. Didn't they do this or one of the songs that one of Eddie Trump's Pre- thing a few years ago? Yeah, and, Creatures Fifth. Yeah, but Strange Ways, just, you know, another song that it's got to have Pete sing it. That, you know. Yeah, I, I would, I've, I've got that a little bit further up on my list. So, uh, I'll, I'll oh, I know you love this one. That's that's you've talked about your love for that one before. Yeah. Number six for me is off Rock and Roll Over, and uh, well, it's actually it's actually two songs off Rock and Roll Over. Go, Baby Driver. Ooh, what a ride! I mean, it, it, he's just. How, how does that go against Stevie? I'm not. I can't repeat that because we'll, it'll we'll get fined for that. I'll get a copyright strike. Um, <laughs> too much. Too much like the original. <laughs> too much like the original. Exactly. Um, this is another one of those songs where, I mean, probably you hear the most energy from Pete on this song. I mean, because he is getting into it big time, and I mean, at the end of it, you can hardly understand what he's saying. He's just screaming. Uh, but yeah, and it fits rock and roll over. Perfect. He doesn't song. say he doesn't say fucko, does he? No, he didn't say fucko in this one. Um, but yeah, baby driver. That you pair that up with with, I guess Mr. Speed on that out on rock and roll over. Two awesome songs. I don't know if they're back to back or what, but I just remember hearing this as a kid, and I'm like, good gosh, this guy is, is freaking awesome. And I mean, you know, back in the day, you only had four, and it was it was hard for me to pick. Actually, actually, I'll tell you this: back in the day, we get uh, Halloween, the old Kiss Halloween costumes. My brother gets Ace. Who do I get? I don't get Paul. Peter Chris. Peter Chris. Peter Chris. Peter Chris. So, Baby Driver, number six for me. My number five is Baby Driver. Okay. Um, there was a movie that came out a few years ago with uh, John Hamm and uh, Kevin Spacey, I believe. And I remember, and I love the movie. The movie was great. I think, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy that's the cowboy fan that had the stroke, they think? Or um, Jamie Foxx? Yeah. Yeah. Because a friend of mine, I put a thing on Facebook about, you know, crushes, and she's a big Eagle fan. And I go, you know, he's a cowboy fan, right? And uh, I remember the movie was like a good, it's a good rocking tune. They should have put this on the movie, especially with the chase. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I'm like, why did they miss out on this? I mean, was it, does Peter own this and he didn't want to do it? Did Gene not want it? You know, Gene would have licensed it, but I don't know who wrote the song. But I, there was a time, especially in probably, you know, when I, when Rock and Roll Over was my favorite, was my favorite Kiss album. Um, you, you start off with, uh, I mean, I think I just I wore I think I've listened to rock and roll over more. Than I did any other album because that is like probably what they were trying to get when they did dress to kill and the first three albums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is the production they were trying. This is why they went back to it after a lie. They wanted that raw sound and they got it finally on this one. And um, I mean, and you you talk about Mr. Speed. I would say this more to making love. You know, a lot of people don't like making love. I love that song. I love, I mean, uh, you know, it's, and I love that live version. Uh, Mr. Speed to me doesn't have the energy this does. It, it it seems like it's a real, like when Paul goes, ow, he's like, ow, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it's slow. Like it needs to be sped up like baby driver, you know, like love them and leave them. I mean, it's just, I, I just think that, you know, 
I, I think their overall best, you know, rock record is, is uh, rock and roll over, but I, I burned myself out. And I think that's why hard luck one was lower. And I think that's why baby driver. It's always been one of my favorites. It's just kind of fatigue with me. Cause I mean, I would, I would, you know, play that album all the time, but uh, yeah, they missed out. It would have been, I think it would have just enhanced the movie. Cause it's like, you oh. know, it, it, it'd be kind of like, you know, I think I would put it up there with like a, like, you know, a chase scene and like radar love, you know, or, you know, some like, you know, car chase scene, you know, it just a fast balls through the wall. And Peter's just at his, I mean, his height with this man. He's just, he's, I mean, he's got a top 15 single got this. He's feeling pretty good about himself, man. Yeah. You know, just like with Ace and, and Peter, when they got that success, like Ace with the solo album, Peter with Beth, and a couple of other songs, you know, they wanted more. And nobody can blame them for that. You know, no, you, I don't know. I don't blame them for that at all. But they got they wanted more and more. And I mean, Gene and Paul, I don't know if they were willing to kind of I mean, they gave a little bit more as time went on, especially Ace. But, you know, you just it just makes you wonder if they had said, OK, we're going to give you like maybe three songs on this album. Three songs. We'll get three apiece. We'll have 12 songs on our album and we'll get three apiece. You know, but that didn't happen. So, um, what I think, what I think would have been pretty cool if they just would have done the, uh, the best of the solo albums. Made it a kiss album. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, big, not getting off subject here, but a big announcement or rumor coming out now. I just saw on Barstool Sports reporting that apparently Bill Belichick and the Patriots have agreed to part ways after this season. No surprise there. It's been, it's been yeah, amazing. I, I saw a headline earlier. He said one of the coaches is gone. I, I knew this was coming. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's it's no surprise. A lot of uh, people were saying he may be end up in Washington next year. I don't think that would be a good move for for Washington or Carolina. I think I think I think Washington's coach deserves more. I don't think he's been given with previous ownership. I I like I like their coach. I, I think he's a solid human being. I think, and I, and I think he deserves more. But you know. I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think he's gone. What I'm hearing, he's he's definitely Ron there. Ron Washington. Yeah, that's well. No, Ron Washington was the Ron coach. Of the, he's the coach. Of, is he the coach now? Did he get a job somewhere? He was the coach of the Texas Rangers back in the day. Ron Washington. Oh, I think you're right there. Um, let's see, number five for me, and this is a specific version of this song. Um. Because the the studio version has been is so much fatigue for me, and then you've got the, some of the other off some of the other versions that have come out. I bet I've heard this version five. I mean, I've heard the the song five million times in my lifetime. But Beth, and I'm talking about from the MTV Unplugged version. I, that version with them going acoustic. Good version. Uh, great version. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it was so special to hear them, you know, because that was, you know, that was the first time those guys had played together in in a long time. And then you're what, seventy nine to ninety six, seventeen years, and and you see them playing Beth, and and you hear that version. I just listened to it a couple of times the other day when I was making this, but yeah, it. That version is so great. Nothing against the studio version because in the day that was, I remember hearing it the first time and I was like, wow, this is freaking out. This is so different. 
and then if you ever hear the demo for this Beck, it is such a terrible song. They did so much work to it, and it ended up being a, a big hit. Great song, but the MTV Unplugged version for me is is number five. Yeah, speaking of that version, I think that's another missed opportunity they did on Unplugged. That along with See You Tonight. I mean, I think you know, coming home. I, Single, I you know, yeah. I think that you know, I you know, even re-releasing, you know, what's that song that was off Revenge, the Paul thing? That's a great version. Or I still, I, I still love you. You know, I mean, it's. Oh, I still love you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just think that there were songs on there that could have been singles, but they were so big right then when they were everybody's talking, they probably didn't care. Yeah. Okay, my number four. Is I believe is we're bringing back uh, the Mr. Peter Chris's solo album here. Can't wait to hear this one. I think this is one of the best songs out of the four. Um, not the best, but it's up there with "It's All Right." It's up there with uh, "New York Groove." It's up there with uh, "Radioact." I mean, it's it to me. If this was on the Kiss album, they did this. This would have been Peter singing. It's called "You Matter to Me." You know, look out, the sky is crying, endless tears. I mean, it's just another freaking song that I want to dedicate to Stevie right now because he matters to me so much for having me on this podcast. <laughs> but you well, matter to you matter well, to me. You matter to me. Just another great Peter Chris song. You like the song? Oh yeah, I like the song. I like it, but it's not on my list. Well, you're wrong then. I know. And it's I Papa, the kind of sugar Papa likes up next, or what? No, no, you. <laughs> yeah, no, I hate you because you don't you don't agree with me. Um, number four for me, you you mentioned it earlier. This was actually your number nine, "Hard Luck Woman." Um, you know, like you said, I don't know if they were trying to to get another hit after Beth with Pete. I, I think that was what they were aiming for. Um, they did. And they did. I mean, you know, like you said, fifteenth. Yep. Didn't not not very far from Beth. Beth was, was eight, I mean, six, or seven, or whatever. The promo video, like you talked about earlier, that is a great video to me. I mean, it, you know, like you said, Paula and Ace playing the guitar together, and then uh, Gene just looks so out of place though playing that song. I mean, he's trying to do the demon look, doing this, and he's looking all around like. What the heck do I do next? What the heck do I do next? I got to get this sneer. And he can't stick his tongue out do it playing hard luck woman. But anyway. He, he still doesn't look as bad as he would have in a, in the Who Wants to Be Lonely video. Oh, gee. You talking about, well. Mm, or oh, All Night's pretty bad, too. Yeah, that, okay. I agree with you there. But, uh, yeah. And like you said, I can't see anybody but Pete singing this yeah. song. Um, Rod Stewart, okay, maybe if I don't know if he would have done a better version. I really don't. I don't know. If, but maybe, Paul, but maybe it's 1988. Smashes is coming out. We have Eric Carr record it. Releases a single, good song. It was a top 15 single before. It would have been a lot better decision than Beth because it wasn't a Peter song. Yeah, that I, that, that, mean, that was that was a slap in the face. That was that a slap was, in the face. That was, and, and the that, way and the way they did it. To like, hey, do you mind taking a cut, not telling what was going to happen just there? And they didn't tell him the whole story. Yeah. I mean, even even without the internet back then, I knew that was a slap in the face. To, to and, Eric Carr, and Eric Carr didn't want to do it. 
No, he didn't. I mean, want to do I it. mean, why why not release Hard Luck Woman? It's a, you know, you know, Garth Brooks did a good version. You know, have Eric sing. Eric would have been great on this, and it wouldn't have been. It probably wouldn't. Have, I mean, it's a G. It's a Paul Stanley song. You don't have to worry about the rights. And you know, '88. That was a shit. That would have been a good ballad for the '80s redone. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. All right. So who was your your number four? Was what? You matter to me. You matter to me. Oh, and my number four was. Oh. Ha, ha, ha. All right, number three for you. Num number three, talking about somebody that other people have done it, but it's not the same without the amount of love Eric Carr. It's, but it's not the same, especially when it's live. It's the live version of Black Diamond. I mean, it's just, I mean, you talk about balls to the wall, Peter Chris and his prime, just, you know, pre-Beth, you know, pre-the success thing about it. Um, I, I love a live that's, probably you know it my it's my favorite live album of all time it's just so much energy when it hits you know and i think i think singer and i think Carr did a great version of it but i mean it's just it's just peter chris man his, his version is just awesome yeah there there'll be there you know i love eric carter death one of my favorite members but he'll never that it just doesn't sound the same black diamond doesn't sound the same unless it's peter singing it uh, Eric, Eric but Singer. I don't, but it would have been, I don't, but I, you know, they played it in the eighties and I think he did a good job because I don't think Gene, Gene, I, I Paul definitely couldn't have done it, but you know, cause with, he didn't have that, that raspy voice, but I think oh. Eric, Eric's voice was closest to Peter. I think that's why he pulled it off. Oh, so number three for you is black diamond. All right. <laughs> number three for me. And we're going back to the solo album, 78 solo album. This song, I would have not been upset if, and I know it would have never happened, but if they took, you know, after a while, Beth, you know, Beth's the highlight for Peter at a, con at a concert most of the time. He does it, he used to do it at the encore, like the reunion tour and all that. How about one night take that out and put, what I think is a better ballad, and you know I'm a sucker for a ballad, but the last song on the solo album, I Can't Stop the Rain. This uh, is New York. This is New York. New York. Yo. And I've tried, I've tried for a long time to figure out what they're whispering. You, you ever hear that whisper? There's a Right after he says that, when he's, the piano starts playing, there's somebody whispering something. And I I cannot figure out what it is. I've looked it up. Nobody has it up there what it is. But um, you ought to ask Zeus. He's a Peter guy. Great. I mean, just a great ballad. I, I don't think it gets enough credit for it. Um, oh gosh, I I have sat there as a kid, and I, even now I'll sing it, sing it in the car. Um, but I can't stop the rain. And and I remember hearing it, and it's got, you know, everybody talks about uh. What was it? Uh, what's the song I've analyzed that said that uses the F word? Get all you can take. Get all you take. This, they never like, oh, kiss at a cuss word. Guess what? That wasn't the first time. I can't stop the rain. He, he does that. He's, I think he uses GD in that one. Uh, yeah, Tipper, Tipper Gore wasn't paying attention back in 78. Yeah, That's probably why, you know. But, uh, just great. So, and this sounds kind of autobiographical about him. Uh, he's talking about walking through the city and and coming across uh, a girl. Would you mind 
would, would I find you alone if I came to your apartment? If somebody I'm sure he, he had had a relationship with and had gone sour, but, uh, you know, he's just saying, I can't stop the rain. Like it comes a hard, it's a hard time. Here it comes again. So unlike the Aerosmith version, ain't got no rubbers. Now it's raining all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I can't yeah, stop. I, just another heartfelt Peter song. I mean, yeah. it didn't make my list, but yeah, it just, I mean, there's like, I think the, I think there's like the only, I, I, I mean, the only song, I mean, Rock Me Baby or Easy Thing. I don't like those. They're not really my favorite, but I'm like you. 80% of the band, there's probably two songs I don't like. Yeah. And that, you know, it didn't make my list, but it's, you know. All right. You're number two. My number two, I've said this before about this song. When we've done, we've done, you know, talked about this album. If this would have been Aerosmith or like Leonard Skinner or some band that didn't have makeup when this came out, this would have been a staple of rock radio, but because it was Kiss, it's not. To me, it's my favorite solo by Ace. I think it's a very, very underrated song. It was the first song on this album that I grabbed. I mean, I grew up, I had listened to Alive, Creatures, and then I go back and get dressed to kill. I'm like, what the hell? I thought they, you know, they looked all demonic in the 70s and dressed to kill was, you know, room service. I'm like, he's thinking about room service. Yeah, now I know what he's thinking about. Getaway. Getaway is probably my ace, my favorite ace and Peter moment. It's my favorite ace solo. It's short and sweet, great ace solo, both hungry. And I think this should have been a hit on rock radio. I don't know why. It's, I mean, it's a great song. I mean, it's simplistic. I mean, it's not hooligan, but it's, you know, it's a catchy song. And they've never done it live except, you know, with Eric Singer on a cruise, which is a crime. But, you know, this and like there's a song by Aerosmith I talked about. It's called Spaced. They both came around 74 and they're like two of my favorite songs and they've never done it live, you know, not in the concert setting. But like I said, it is Aerosmith, you know, you know, somebody else. It just would have been a hit. I mean, but I mean, it's it's just a crime that Getaway wasn't a hit. And I will go to my grave saying that. Go to your grave saying that. I'm going to put it on your headstone. Crime that get away. He, he got away, all right. <laughs> right in the ground. All right. So number two for me. You talked about this one earlier. This was your number six. Strange ways. I uh, like you said, that's what we didn't know back in the day when we listened to it the first time. That grungy kind of sound. Um, and I'm people, surprised. Isn't, I'm surprised. Isn't your first? I'm really. I'm surprised. Right. Isn't your first? Yeah, so no doubt about what my number one is, uh, but you'll you'll see. Um, but yeah, just like you said, that sound and Pete's voice. Can you imagine any other guy, Ace, Paul, or Gene singing this song? No, no. this 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 song fit Pete, and to hear him him and Ace play it at Creatures Fest. I mean, if somebody, I can't imagine being there, but just hearing it uh, on YouTube or wherever was freaking awesome i mean i got chill once when it when i heard it and granted they're 70 years old but and but pete still sounded like the pete back from hotter than hell singing that song um the ace guitar solo in the song is pretty killer oh yeah one of his best in my yeah opinion. i mean it's it's pretty awesome yeah what you but I, he, he had that guy singing for him that plays is it 
who's the guy that sings for him in the band? That I mean, it's like it. He was good. No, no, I don't know who he was when I saw Ace a few years ago. But it just ain't Pete. It just ain't the no, same. No, it's not. I mean, you you're not gonna get. That's that's just not gonna happen with some. I mean, it's. There. They're I mean, he did, he did Love Gun, and it, of course, it ain't the same without Paul. I mean, it's just right. it's just I song mean, song. Yeah, we've we've heard it so many times, but yeah. All right, before we get to your number one, I got a uh, kind of semi list from one of our listeners, uh, Joey Romanek, sent in his. Uh, oh, cool! Some of his top "Dirty Living" is probably his favorite, followed by "Mainline Strange Ways," and you'll love this "Getaway." So, yes, thanks sir. To, thanks to Joey for listening and uh, sending in sending in his choices. That was thanks, Joey. Top. Top five. All right, let's get to your number one. Well, I'm going to agree with Joey again because my number one is Dirty Living. Uh, number one and number two could have been switched, Getaway or Dirty Living. I, I just find it funny with this album is how Pete was so out of it, but he still nailed this song. Yes, he did. He didn't, I don't know if he played drums on it. I don't know the Anton Fig thing. None of us will probably ever know. But I, there's a, I got a demo one time of like unreleased Kiss stuff and it, had like a 12-minute version of Let's Put the X in Sex, which was all keyboards. And they had like a six-minute version of this song. And it was a badass mix. And you can hear Paul. You, and I like that you can hear Paul. It's getting to me in the back. I love that Paul backing vocals. But just, you know, this, if you ever had a song that described excess, you know, the height of disco that that just was just, you know, you know, they talk about I was made for loving you. Man, this could have been mixed and been a freaking dance song. This is a great yep. tune. Yep. And you know, and it's just it's just another I think missed opportunity kiss dead. I mean, you know, I think with Pete here, we've kind of highlighted a lot of missed opportunities that they've done. Talking about releasing Beth as you know, the unplugged version. Dirty Living, that's just as good as I was made for loving you, in my opinion. And I love the verse that both songs. But Dirty Living, I mean, it's getting to me, dude. I just love this song. It's getting to me. <laughs> but if you if, if you're licking if you're licking if you're looking for like go go look for the demo it's probably on youtube it's like a dance mix version of dirty living it's badass dude yeah uh, I, dirty living was my number uh nine so not quite it's out on the list but all right can you guess what my number one is uh i don't oh, hold on let me look let me look at mine should be obvious I know it's not kissing time, so what? Um, I you 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 meant. I mean, I have a few honorable mentions, but I don't know what is it. Okay, tell me this: is it all a Kiss album or is it a solo album or what? Just give me that. Don't tell me! Don't tell me! Don't tell me! I missed it. I don't know. I'm, yeah, yeah, because I don't know. And I'm like you. It was on your list earlier, but I'm like you. The live version, Black Down. Oh, okay. I mean, and one of the one of the best parts is when he says, "There's nothing that you can do," and he screams it. I mean, I, I can't even try try to mimic that. Uh, another part I like in, in there is when he does. Uh, because sometimes he would play with Paula Stanley and say, Paulie's got you under his thumb. And I think the first time I heard him do that was on a reunion tour. And I forgot where they were at. He said, Paulie's got you under his thumb. And then Paul Paula Stanley turns around and looked like, 
and that's like hey <laughs> so i mean that's not that's on the that's on the script what the hell yeah what what the hell are you doing but uh what yeah. does he say was it is it kids loves you rock and roll what is I that on like rock and roll yeah okay that's right okay when they finish at the end yeah yeah but this one man i mean black diamond i can tell you just 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 in my top 10 kids favorite songs of all time you but, know you know and i'll say this about black diamond it's not peter related but it's like when you hear that Gene's bass, that dun, dun, I mean, that just shows yeah. how great of a bass player he is. He always slacks off of his playing, and Gene doesn't get the love he does on the bass. That that just proves right there that in like you know Detroit Rock City. I mean, Gene's a hell of a bass player. He's underrated, just like Peter is a vocalist. Yep, but Black Diamond and the live version, especially not a bit. You know, don't mind the studio version, but the weird stuff at the end of that, I don't understand what they were doing there. When it all slows up, but oh, that part they show when they're all when Ace and Peter all messed up at the end, and that was it. Kiss it was it not wasn't exposed. I guess extreme close up, and they're playing that part. Second yeah, but they're playing the studio version of that where they're all yeah. all yeah. like yeah, or it was Peter Chris, I guess. But you know, and and the perfect song, you know, if you didn't have the uh, rock and roll and I as a closer. That would have been a closer, and of course, it does close it, the regular set before they get. It to was the for a while. It was for a it while. Was. Rock, it yeah, was okay. till they till they did rock and roll night got so big. Well, you uh, have to with that, you know. Yeah, you you cannot. I mean, the only thing I can say that I would have done different, and it would have been so cool if they just switched this up. And I know it would never would have happened in a million years. The last concert that Saturday night, they do rock and roll all night. And Paul gets up and said, well, if you think that's it, you know, I've got one more I want to sing for you. And this is fitting before we get out of here. And he breaks out and sings from his solo album, sings goodbye. That would have been so freaking cool, you know, because, you know, goodbye. It's only for now. And because a lot of people are saying, you know, it's not over. Do you hear what Dee Snyder said? I believe they're through when they're in their coffins and laying six feet under. You know, I was listening to I, I listened to Tom and Zeus when they were talking about the show, and Zeus nailed it on the head. You have these people that just gotta piss on everything. Yeah. You know, it, you know, it's like that happens with, you know, I don't go into that chat room and you know, hey, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl and give them shit. I which I probably should, but they do that to me. I get, I mean, you go to, I mean, there's people that, I mean, you give me shit about the Cowboys, but you're not on all the time. And giving me crap, but there's this people that and D. Snyder's a troll on the yeah, shit like yeah. that. I mean, it's like you're a one hit wonder, dude. You you wore makeup, you ripped Kiss off. You were a blonde Gene Simmons, dude. And I think he's a hell of a guy. I think he's a great, you know, smart when you hear him talk, smart guy. guy. But man, he needs to get over this freaking fascination with. I don't know why Paul doesn't talk to me. Oh, why the fuck do you think I wouldn't talk to your ass either? I was Paul Stanley. Yeah, but that's just I mean, you know, I, you know, that's there. But he's not the only one saying the tour. They're they're going to if tour. it if it was ten years ago, I would bind to that. They're in their seventies. They're not. They're not coming back. I don't think so either. I think I, I really. And somebody asked me the other day about it. Somebody, it's not really a Kiss fan, but they were like, "Don't you think they're you know they're going to come back again?" I said, "No." I said Paul Stanley is checked out. They 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 can't right. physically do it anymore. If ten years yeah, ago, yeah. People gotta realize too. That's what I try to tell this guy too. 
they're in their 70s now. You imagine being in your 70s and wearing that? You don't um, you don't think Paul Stanley wants to be the Paul Stanley of 77 to 87 again? He just ain't. It just ain't I, it, dude. I, mean, I just think Paul Stanley's tired of being the lead singer of Kiss. I think he wants to do Soul Sage, and that's fine. I mean, it just, it just sucks that it just sucks that COVID hit because I just think we would have had a much better ending than we did. Yeah, I, I will go to I will believe that. But I just think that it's like a job. It's like, yeah, I'll stay. And you got to train that new person. But you're ready to check out. And a lot of people, they retire. You never hear from them again. You, you give them a party. You never hear from them again. Well, when it begins to, to, and I know it is his job, but when something that you did that was that was fun and you worked hard at it had success, but when it gets to be where it's more of a job, I think yeah. that's when you you lose interest and you're ready to get out. And I think- what what did Paul Stanley always say? It's like, well, it keeps us from getting a real job. And when it becomes a real that, job, it ain't for Gene, I think, would play to the day he dies on stage. Oh, Gene. I mean, I, I, yeah. gonna, He'd be in a wheelchair if he could. Gene's going to keep this thing going. I mean. I'd like to go see a solo band. I think that'd be great. Solo band. Because if you listen to a lot of interviews with those guys, they are one of them, that, like us, that wants to hear some of the stuff that you've, you hadn't heard in a while or never heard live. They pushed Gene to do that. And when they talked to Gene, he said, he said, can you play that? And they were like, I mean, we can learn to play it if you want to sing it. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I, I would love to see a solo band. And I'm sure that's coming soon. Hopefully, because he's not getting any younger. No. But before we get out of here, we have to do something. And uh, Honorable mentions? No honorable mentions, Stevie? I mean, the only honorable mentions are the, there's not too many Pete songs. How, what do you got as honorable mentions? I got Kissing Time. I like that version. It's not like Gene. It's, it's like, kind of like a, uh, uh, nothing to lose. <laughs> I like Tossing and Turning. I love Hooker on Rock and Roll. I'm Going to Love You, which off his solo, I like. And I, and I can finally listen to it after all these years is Beth. I can listen to the studio version. I don't fast forward it through Dress to Kill or Dress to Kill. Destroyer. <laughs> I can listen to the whole thing now, and I appreciate the song for what it was. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Eric Singer, dude. I don't think that that's a Pete song. And, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, he was kind of petty, not letting him play it in the replay. It's like, it's like, what did Tom say? It's like, oh, that should be a bonus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like, I like Beth. I think it's a, I think it's a cool song because that actually helped connect me with some people that weren't Kiss fans. Like, oh, shit, that's Beth. That's Kiss. I was made for Love and Use Kiss. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Beth was, I remember, you know, back when I was a kid, that was the song I'd go around the house, one of the songs I'd go around the house singing because, I, I mean, listened to it so many times I knew it. And, uh, but, yeah. Let's say, let's say Getaway is, is a uh, honorable mention for me. Um, Talking and Turning. Yeah, I, I could do that. But, you know, not many honorable mentions for me. Uh, yeah. That's a fir the first time in the history of on the exactly. fly. Exactly. Not very. I have more Turn than over Stevie. Leave. Turn over and leave. I'm gonna make it harder on this top ten list. But before we get off of here, speaking of Kiss, what who I call the ambassador of Kiss, probably the most gracious Kiss member ever. You never hear him bashing anybody in the band. Uh, he just congratulated them on Benny their Vincent, man. Benny Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Benny, Benny Vincent. Vincent. Um. 
but yeah, happy birthday today to the man, the, you know, one of the, if not the best guitar player kids, Mr. Bruce Kulick. I mean, such a nice guy, so gracious all the time. And uh, we wish him a happy birthday and hope, hope he has many more. Hey, Bruce. Happy birthday. Bruce here. 70 years old, man. Wow. He's, old, dude. He's like 20 years older than me. He's as old as our parents, dude. Damn. He could have been. He could have been your yeah. dad. Yeah. He's older. Hey, I'd still have, I, he's 70 years old and he sells more hair, so it's probably not a thing, Stevie. <laughs> All right. So any last words before we get out of here? Well, you know, we, we've done three so far, so you know what the next one's going to be. Cool. So, cool. That that, you, Paul. That's gonna be that's gonna be a hard one for me. That's just because I mean it was gonna be, I mean it, but the Peter Chris one, listening to it, I gotta, you know, it is an you know, probably a you know, a 19-year-old guy getting into kiss, 18-year-old guy not really liking too much like Beth and stuff. 51-year-old, I appreciate it. Double give me. And you gotta, I mean, you gotta appreciate these guys where you got it, and I I think that's kind of what's sad about them not being able just to kind of hug it out yeah. because, you know, they're up in their seventies. I mean, life is short, hell. Huh? I mean, hell at 50, you can say most of your life's behind you. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's coming. So. Um, we talked about how hard it was to, to do the gene list, but it's going to be just as hard doing the Paul just because there's so many great songs he's singing, narrowing it down to 10, it's going to be really, really tough. You want to talk about an honorable mention list? It's going to be longer than the oh, list. It's Gene, Gene's was long enough, so I'm sure this one will be. Hey, now, Stevie, you never told me that story. Tell me his tongue, dude. Okay. All right. So that's going to do it tonight, guys. I apologize for my voice being this way. Maybe next week it'll be back to normal. Uh, it's about to go right now, so I'm gonna have to get something to drink. Pretty. I quick. apologize. I apologize for it too, and it's not even my fault. Yeah, I apologize I tell for you, Warden. It, it, just in principle for Warden, in principle. But uh, anyway, I, I tell you what, though, man. Everybody around me was getting <laughs> sick, and I was like, I got this game to go to. Let me get it after, and yeah, I lucked exactly. out. That would have been it, so bad if you. The got only sick. the only thing that happened for me, I was going home on Friday, and I had to leave Saturday next morning. I had a damn flat. Oh, so I had to go air it up, got home. It's like, I'll deal with it Monday. Of course, I get home at five o'clock in the morning on Monday. Got to wake up at eight to go to the appointment. It's like, I don't want to do this. But man, thank goodness I did, man, because it was just a nail. And, and But man, it's just, you know, you, you right. got to be grateful for what you have, brother. Exactly. Exactly. There's always somebody out there that's uh, got it worse than you do. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Yeah, you, you could be a Steeler fan this year. So, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, too, there, too. Uh, the worst seven to six team ever. Um, anyway, guys, that's going to do it for tonight. Hope you guys enjoyed and uh, be sure to send us your list. If you want to tell us what your top Peter's Peter song is and be sure to check us out. Spotify, Apple music, good pods, pod chaser. Give us that five star review and make sure you subscribe to our uh, YouTube channel and check out all our Facebook channels. Uh, go ahead. Tell yours. All things rock, hard rock, and metal. Uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, new people. I know some of them are, yeah. you know, bear with me that, you know, they give you these positive messages that have nothing to do with it. Those go away. But we're getting a lot of rockers on there. 
I think it's up to 600. It kind of stalled there out at two, 300 there for a while. And uh, that 80s page where uh, we uh, haven't done an 80s episode in a while, that's coming up in the near future. I didn't, Stevie didn't know that, but I just thought I'd share it because you're making yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, checking that out. But check out On The Fly, the group. That's gotten some new groups too. Yep. Uh, you know, if we could just keep the you know, the porn the the porn out of there on yeah. Facebook. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Kids. It's funny. Facebook will flag a commitment, like a comment or something, but they totally don't see the porn. I'm like, exactly. you know, you know, hey, if you're going to send that, send that to our personal accounts. Just not the ones that everybody can see as long. Oh, oh great. Great. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week. Hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, get ready for the fat man coming in. I'm not talking about Warden, the fat, bald-headed man with the, with the beard. I'm not talking about Warden, but we'll see you next time. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> we'll see, see ya. On the fly.